Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. This is No Credentials Required, covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello and welcome to another episode of No Credentials Required. This podcast is brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. I'm your show host, Ryan McCarthy. Before we get to this week's episode, I just want to remind you to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, go to the show link page and click on the subscribe button as well as the notification button so you know when a new podcast episode goes up. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on the audio side on a number of podcast platforms. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Spreaker, and Podchaser, and a review won't hurt either. This episode is going to be a a panel discussion. Uh, It's based off of the interview I did last week with Adirondack Thunder broadcaster uh, Evan Pivnik. Uh, He talked about the importance of people coming out and supporting their local teams after the pandemic, and that kind of got me thinking about supporting local sports after the pandemic. It's, it's, it's huge. It's huge for the community. It's huge for, for civic pride. It's huge for a lot of things. I'm going to bring in my two panel discussion participants. The first one is my buddy, Tom Gazlaski. We call him around. We call him Gaz around here. Uh, Gaz is the owner, CEO, CFO, and COO of Godzilla Media. He's also the host of the Getting, Get, Getting There With God podcast. God, getting there with God's podcast. <laughs> so tell me, where are you from? Who are you? Where are you from? Did you play sports locally when you were from? And does your your city have minor league sports? Go right ahead. 
yes. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. You mentioned getting there with God. I hadn't been able to book him on the podcast yet. He's not getting back to me. He's a tough book. But as soon as I get God on the podcast, getting there with God is <laughs> – is the name of the podcast, but yes, I'll keep I've working got, on getting down there. As a former chaplain, I have an inside line, so if you want me to get a hold of him, I'll make sure I'll try. I'll do my best. Thank you. I'll send a text over to you and Sister Jean to see if you can get him on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, I grew up in Central New York, so I'm a Syracuse native, born and raised in Syracuse. Uh, I moved out to the Capital Region, Albany, in 2015. So I grew up in Syracuse. I grew up in an area called Salve, where if you've ever gone to the New York State Fair, which is right smack dab in the middle of New York State. The state fairgrounds, if you go south of the state fairgrounds, that's the community I grew up in. And if you go uh, east of the state fairgrounds, that's my high school. So that's the area I grew up in. Yeah, I was fortunate enough as a kid to play sports all the way from when I was a kid all the way to the varsity level, uh, whether it was Little League, Pop Warner football, Leprechaun League basketball, CYO basketball, Boys and Girls Club basketball. And then I played football, baseball, and basketball at the varsity level at Salve High School, which is Class B which is like the medium-sized schools in New York State mm-hmm. to qualify that. Yep. And then, yeah, in Syracuse minor league level, they have the now Syracuse Mets, formerly known as the Syracuse Chiefs and the Syracuse Sky Chiefs, which plays at the AAA level. They're now affiliated mm-hmm. with the New York Mets, formerly the Washington Nationals, even further back, the Blue Jays. Yep. And they have the Syracuse Crunch, which is affiliated with the Tampa Bay Lightning that play at the AHL level. So those are the two big minor league sports teams that are really have a professional connection and People probably when they hear Syracuse, you can see it in the background here on the video side. Uh, they're known more as a college town for hoops and football, lacrosse, and everything else. All right. All right. And we're going to bring our other panelist for this discussion tonight. We're going to bring in uh, one of our interns from Belly Up Sports. We have J.D. Davis. J.D., how are we doing tonight, bud? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to get my first uh, podcast experience here, so. Glad, glad yeah. I could be with you guys. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us. All right. So tell the nice folks, whether they're on the audio side, or the video side, who are you? Obviously, I introduced you, but who are you? Where are you from? Did you play sports locally? Uh, and does your city have minor league sports? Yeah. Uh, so I'm on a, a town right on the outside of Toledo, Ohio. Uh, so that's Northwest Ohio for people not from the area. Um, I currently go to Ohio State. State. Uh, so I've been there the last four years and finishing up there. Go Bucks. Um, yeah, uh, my high school um, was relatively big. Um, we were you know, D1 for sports and everything. I played uh, basketball, tennis, and golf uh, all four years. Um, I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, I think everyone, you know, should, if they can, uh, play some cool sports. I think it's a great experience. Um, yeah, it's a competitive area. We definitely, uh, we're in a very competitive league and we were kind of the smallest of that school or of the school in there. But Toledo in general has uh, lots of sports. It has minor league hockey, the ECHL, uh, Toledo walleye, which we kind of live and die with here. Uh, we love the walleye. It's a blast to go down there. Uh, and then we also have triple A, uh, the Toledo mud hens, um, which, you know, having everything, uh, both leagues, I believe were canceled last year. So I actually went to open yep. day for the mud hens and it was just, awesome to be back you know doing stuff like that um so yeah uh, other than that uh colleges um the toledo rockets uh pretty pretty darn good football team for the mac and bg is also down the street so we kind of have a great like a, a good amount of medium level you know sports teams 
not quite the top of the top, but still really, really competitive and really fun. So to start our panel discussion, we're going to start with high school sports. And JD, since you're closer to the high school age than the both of us, than both Gaz and I, I'm going to throw the first question to you. Um, I'm quite a few Perfect. years uh, uh, removed, well, more than 25. So <laughs> I'm going to throw the first question to you. What is the importance of supporting high school sports in your town or any town for, for, for that matter? Well, the way I look at it is the community was really, really supportive to me and my teams when I played. Um, so I look at like just how much that, you know, having a community behind you and just kind of for self-esteem reasons and, and things like that when you're kind of young, uh, being able to get that experience and have people do that for me and understanding how important it was for me, it makes me want to do it and, you know, tell people that, like, it, it, it's so cool when you hit a three and a fan goes, you know, the, the crowd's full. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I think it's super important, not just for that, but uh, just in general, because it's fun. I mean, high school sports are extremely competitive and anything where everyone cares a lot is just fun and competitive. And at least where I'm from, everyone who, you know, got to the varsity level, at least the coaches, the fans, the players, uh, everyone cared. So it was, it's just a fun atmosphere. It's just why we like sports. And even though it's at a smaller level, it's still it's still a blast all the way around to play, to watch, and to support. All right, guys. So the same question over to you. What's the what's the importance? Uh, or, you know, what is the importance of supporting high school sports in, uh, in in our area, which is the capital district area of New York? Yeah, I want to pick up kind of where JD left off there because that last part of that answer I think is the most important because it is fun and people care about it and there's pride now whether it's pro or college or high school. It goes to the core of what sports is because it is fun, but that name in the front of your jersey, whether it says New York or Albany or Scotia Glenville, you are representing an area and the people who live in that respective community and area look at you, even though you may not feel that as a teenager or as an adult, mm-hmm. you are a reflection of your community. That's what the like the thought of sports, why like JD goes to Ohio State, right? Like the whole thing of that is that we believe if we represent Columbus in the state of Ohio, this is how people, not just in Ohio, but in the Northeast or the entire United States of America, when they think about the success we have as athletes, that is a reflection of our community. So all of a sudden, if you start seeing your football team well, you think about Columbus and you're like, okay, like I want to go to that city. I want to go to that game. I want to eat at those bars. I want to go to that restaurant. And that is no different than the college, Ohio State's college, but that's no different than the pro level, the high school level. If you learn about a team that's having success at the high school level, the people in that area care. They don't want to root against teams and have nobody at their games and awful looking uniforms and the kids don't look like they care. It is a reflection of those people and their communities and everything else. So whether you can go to the games all the time or not, that's everybody's lifestyle is different. But even if it's something as simple as supporting a bottle drive, or to something as simple as helping a kid out if they're trying to do something, you know, at the park or, you know, be a water boy when you're younger, or have a niece or a nephew help out a team. That stuff really matters to the community because when you learn at a young age how important it is, it feels like you're going to the college or the NFL team when you finally put that jersey on when you're in your mid-teenage years. Oh, I agree. I agree because, uh, uh, you know, I've, for me in this area, I went to a rather large high school. Uh, it's well known in the area class double a it's one of the top tier schools in the area and for us the, the big sports that were important were foot the fall was football and the winter it was 
basketball. Uh, we had a team. I remember when those back in the day when I was growing up, uh, we had one of our first big graduates go to a big Division One school. We had Greg Kubek go to Duke. He was the first player, and he was the first player, the first basketball player to go to four straight Final Fours. Not not Bobby Hurley, not Christian Leitner, Greg Kubek. Trivia, just a trivia question for <laughs> for for uh, for later for another time, but. But yeah, high school sports are huge around here. I mean, from uh, speaking of experience for myself, uh, my nephew he played high school baseball. He played on the 2019 Boston Spa uh, high school championship team that went to the they, they won Class A and they won the state. And rather convincingly, on some of these games, they 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 squeaked by to win the Class A championship, but they they went up dominating the next couple of rounds. And that was the first. That's the first time. That Boston Spa had a state champion at any in any any sport, and later that day, the softball team won the state championship. I can remember that day because hearing I could hear the the I could hear the, the fire the firemen and police escorting both teams in the town coming back from Binghamton, coming off exit twelve, and they're escorting the teams. They're escorting both teams in the town like a little mini parade. It was such a huge thing. I think high school sports is huge because you never know what's going to happen. Something magical could happen. Uh, guys, I'm going to ask you this question. And we'll get to minor league, college uh, college and minor pro sports in just a moment. But which high school sports do you feel? And it could be in this area. It could be in any area. You know, which high school sports do you feel should get more attention? And what do you think is the best approach to, to promoting those sports? So here's the problem with that. I kind of know where you're leaning with this. Like football is usually the king in whatever city you're in, whether it's New York to Ohio to Florida to the Texas. And people probably get frustrated that like football gets all the attention. But we have to remember a thing that it's convenience sometimes with football because people love Friday night lights. So the reason why people can go to these big time football games on Friday night is the weekend's underway. And usually a kickoff can be anywhere between 530 and 7. While if you're playing baseball and you don't have a field that has lights and the game starts at 4.30 or 4 o'clock, you might not get as many fans. Same thing goes with softball or lacrosse or sports like that. Basketball's close, both men and women, boys or girls, however you want to define it at that age. That's a good sport, but it's tough to pinpoint and say, we need you to go to these games or that game. Because a lot of times, if you're in the community, you want to go see a team that wins. It's hard sells. Again, we got to use a comparison in college and pros. It's hard to tell somebody who has no interest in the team, and I mean no interest in the sense of you may not have a family member or somebody that you know, that, hey, this volleyball team is 5-20. and 20. you got to make sure you make time to get there on this Wednesday night. That's just a hard sell. Like It's hard to do that. So uh, I would say the sports that lean towards the convenience, if you're able to have lights or you're able to put a time where more people in the community, weekend games have that happen, that's, I think, the best time to support teams. I, I know I feel like I'm dodging your question. Like they should be out supporting softball or lacrosse or volleyball. I would say whatever fits the community's schedule is the best answer to that. Like I can't speak for Albany or Ohio or Syracuse or New York City. I think it comes down to what works best in those individual communities, what sports will excel. JD, how about you? You agree, disagree, points to add to this question? Yeah, I actually think Tom makes a lot of really good points there. I mean, obviously I'd love to have a a full crowd at my golf match, but it's not really realistic. It's just, first of all, they, you know, people just lining up on the course. It, it doesn't really happen. It's not like there's a grandstand, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, you're used to kind of smaller crowds for, I had a buddy who ran cross country. I was a senior dad went out there, but like he passed me twice and I was like, okay, that was cool. You know, but it, it's tough. Some of these sports are tough 
I mean, it's tough at every level. It's tough in college. I don't know a lot of people that, you know, line up to want to cross country or this and that. I know a, a lot of those kids also did track and then they got that sense of a crowd and all that, uh, you know, during like a track meet because we, you know, we're able to do in the stadium and have lights and things like that. Um, but I think you made a good point, Tom. It's also like success, it, it matters. I mean, it's sports, winning matters. Uh, when I was at school, uh, in high school, our volleyball team was, was awesome. So that was a packed, packed house every night. Um, and our, our softball team uh, won the state championship once when I was uh, in school. And, and that was really cool to go to. Like softball was one of the things to go to. Um, so I do think Tom makes a really good point of just uh, when it comes to success, it, it is it is a factor. And uh, as much as it's you'd like to say, you know, go support the sports that might not get as much attention. Uh, it's tough to tell, you know, like you said, on a Wednesday, it's seven. Someone who doesn't have kids, that, like, hey, you should be interested in this because uh, if they're not, they're not. Uh, but that being said, that. The people that, that that are into it and willing to go to a you know tennis match, we had some tennis matches where we got some decent people and all that. Uh, and I think you find, oh, this is kind of cool, or this is a lot more fun than I expected, or this is a lot more competitive. I had a lot of friends that said that when they came to a few of our tennis matches. Like, I didn't expect high school tennis to be this competitive and fun. So I would say if you can try those, like try to go out and, and, and experience some new sports. But uh, yeah, success. I really kind of right or wrong rules where people go okay it's it's, it's uh, both valid points and you know i i figure if you know f- for i'll go back to my nephew's baseball team for ex- as an example you know if, if a team's having a special season like the scotties had a really special season back in 2019 and when i'm going i think their record was like 20 and 4 they only lost like four times that year uh and they went up going to the state championships um if this thing is, is this a sport that nobody, I wouldn't say nobody really supports, but it's kind of overlooked, like say lacrosse or like girls basketball. Like if they're having a special season, that would probably be the, the kind of jumping off point to say, Hey, this team's really good. We should support them. And it's kind of see the snowball effect happening to say, Hey, I'm going to bring my kid out to a game or I'm going to go to a game, hey, this sport's pretty fun to watch, or this sport will be pretty fun to participate in. And that kind of snowball effect kind of, kind of happens. If you see a sport, if you see a team, if you see watch a team be successful in a sport, you you want to either participate in that sport, have your kid participate in the sport, or keep watching and going to the event and support that team. It could yes. be anything. It yeah. could be anything. You know, and Ryan, to your point there, I think it, it almost goes to youth sports, right? Like you talk about basketball, it could be girls basketball, it could be lacrosse. So that starts at the youth level because yep. let's say, for instance, you're playing at a local I don't know, youth league. If you start playing lacrosse or basketball when you're six or seven, you start seeing the kids who are older than you and it's really good. All of a sudden you're like, ooh, my older brother, my older sister is playing on this team and they're really good. Maybe one day I'll be as good as those guys are right now. So it, it starts when they're even younger. And that's where that support comes from, where if you have the parents and the relatives seeing that a respective high school pipelines, the term that's used a bunch, but I think that's the right term where it's like, okay, like if you're doing this when you're younger and you have that motivation and see the success in the crowds that starts at a young age for a lot of these athletes. Oh, I agree. I agree. And unfortunately JD jumped off for just a second there. I know he's having connection issues, but you know, hopefully he'll come back on and we'll keep this discussion going. Uh, Michigan but- fan tapped his line. I actually saw what happened. He was assaulted by a Michigan fan. It was probably the VAC. 
<laughs> I imagine. Now we'll get him back on. There he is. Okay. All right. So, all right. JD's we back were just on. talking about Michigan, JD, while you were gone. Oh, yeah. Talking about the area. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. All right. So, we're going to move on to the college and minor that's like, pro that's sports. That's your entire freshman level. year. They, they train you how to do that. <laughs> indoctrination. Indoctrination. That's right. <laughs> That's it. That's All the right. entire, entire, entire first semester is how to how to trash Michigan. So <laughs> nice, nice. All right, so we're gonna move on to the the college and minor pro sports discussion here. So, uh, guys, I'm gonna actually, yeah, I'm gonna ask you this question first. You know, we uh, Albany historically has had a lot of success and also a lot of failure when it comes to to pro minor leagues pro and. Uh, Minor pro sports, uh, Albany Devils, uh, River Rats, a uh, bunch of teams up in Glens Falls, uh, some other minor pro sports have come and gone in the Albany area. Uh, what do you think is the biggest hesitancy for for our area and, and up here in Albany to support not only minor college mi- minor pro sports, but also college sports? We've got a couple. We've got one Division One program at U Albany. We've got RPI and Union, which are Division Three, but they also have Division One hockey, and every once in a while they'll both have good football teams. So, what what do you think is the biggest hesitancy for our area to support those type of teams? And I don't want to leave out Sienna, by the way, either. I know they don't have a football no, team. Sienna College, Sienna yeah. College too, but they have, they're Division One as well. Keep forgetting about them. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Sienna, everybody else. But yeah, so like <laughs> Ryan, your answer might be a little better than mine because you spent more time in the area, but. Over the last half decade since I've been here, the one narrative that continues to stand out when we talk about specifically about Albany is it's not so much that there's a lack of sports fans. Like there are sports fans in the area. It's not even sometimes the sport individually because like the the Valley Cats, although they got bumped out of minor league baseball, like they would draw really well. I think it's twofold for Albany. One, one is you need a supporter sometimes. Like you need somebody – who is the voice of the region. And I think one of the great examples of all times, Orlando or Las Vegas is another good example. Like you need people that say, Hey, I'm going to sell this city as a sports city. If you go back through the history of like the Orlando magic, they just had people selling that Orlando could be a team. You had people selling Las Vegas, that Las Vegas could be a team. And I'm talking about the city and specifically that we can do this. Sometimes you need that support in Albany. The best city to compare them to nationally is almost Atlantic City. Atlantic City is a smaller market than Albany, but the attitude around the teams, especially at the minor league level, seems to be the same. And what that means is that Atlantic City struggles to have these minor league teams because so many of those fans are Philly-based fans. Philly, I believe, is about 30, maybe an hour away, depending on where you are in AC, to the Flyers and the Eagles and the Phillies and everybody else. And, and the yeah, all those Philly teams right there. So what happens is the Atlantic City sports fan says, well, it's not a Philadelphia sport, so I'm already assuming it's minor league. It doesn't feel as important. It's not as big as a deal. That's what the Albany area feels like. Well, we're two hours away from New York City. It's not the Yankees. It's not the Mets, the Giants, or the Jets. You know all the New York teams. Well, if it's not the New York team, then it doesn't feel as important. That seems to be the like the, the answer to this. Ryan, I know you and I have had this conversation before. Like, Albany fan has this like weird 
narrative and an attitude. Like they even nicknamed themselves Some Albany. We are notorious, notorious for having an inferiority complex, and I, I we need to change that narrative. And I'm hoping to do that. It. And I don't. I'm get hoping it. to do. I want to do that. I want to change the narrative that yeah, we we can support our pro teams, our minor pro teams. We can support our Division One colleges when they're playing a game. I, I'm I'm hoping to change that narrative with this pot with this podcast especially. Yeah, because it's not. It's not market 120. It's not market one. No. It's market top 60 market. Like and we are a top I, 60 market. Yeah. I don't know where Toledo is in that ranking. I don't want to put JD on the spot, but like, I'm sure like population wise, Toledo can't be that far off. Like there's markets like Syracuse and there's markets like Buffalo and Rochester that aren't that far off where if someone hears about the capital city of New York, they're not thinking it's a small market because it's not a small market. And I don't know where that inferiority complex comes from. So my best answer is that New York thing. That's about – and Boston, by the way, geographically, is not that far away from Albany. Either. Yeah, I, I think part of it is the whole – we're smack dab in the middle of five or six major metropolitan areas. To the north, you got Montreal, which, again, it's another country. It's Montreal, Canada. But still, it's a, it's a worldwide major market. To the east, you got Boston, major sports market. Down in the south, you got New York City and you got Philadelphia, another couple hours away. Big sports markets. To the west, you got Buffalo and Toronto. And again, Toronto, international market, but still a giant, a much bigger market than Albany. So yeah, it's. It, I think it comes down to just that that massive inferiority complex where you know if if also if you're not affiliated with the right teams, like for the majority of the time the Albany River Rats were here, they were affiliated with the New Jersey Devils, and everybody associated boring bad hockey. With the New Jersey Devils, even though they were highly successful. And they also, after the Devils left the first time, in comes Colorado and Carolina, who nobody associated with. I mean, I, I don't know how Syracuse fans and Syracuse Crunch feel about the Tampa Bay. They're the major league team for them, they're the minor, the major minor for Tampa Bay Lightning. And there's no, there's, <laughs> there's basically a polar opposites from Syracuse to, to Tampa Bay, but still, they're a successful team. They draw fans night in and night out because they have a successful team constantly, and they they draw fans. I know they draw fans for a fact. Um, Valley Cats, I think they're the exception to the rule because they've been around for so long, even though they're affiliated with those cheaters in, uh, in Houston. Uh, people still came out to support the team because you never know when there's going to be a, a major leaguer coming out of that system. We've seen it over and over again. Dallas Keuchel. Carlos Correa, I think he spent a, spent a minute, he spent a cup of coffee here. Uh, Kike Hernandez. George Springer. George Springer. Got himself a big fat contract with the Blue Jays. He was he was here for a minute or two. To call ourselves inferior is, 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 is just bad press. And I don't know who started that. I want to find that person and smack him around for a bit. <laughs> but I think I think it's just an inferior, inferior complex and in being around so many different major markets that, oh, we're not New York City, so I'm not going to support our team. Who cares? I mean, Albany Colony Yankees, they were here for quite a long time. We're a double-A team for the Yankees until they moved to, I think, Greenwich, Connecticut. But yeah, that, that narrative has to that narrative has to stop. And JD, I'm gonna put I'm gonna bring you in, uh, ask you the same question. I, I don't know how it is in Toledo if it compares to Albany, but I don't know if there's a hesitancy to support local teams, uh, whether it be college or pro. But if you see that, what do you think the hesitancy is? I was actually gonna kind of go the opposite. I, I think Toledo, it's kind of the perfect storm, which is part of the the issue with getting traction for like a minor league one there's a little to do with the fact that there's just not a ton to do in the area so it is kind of like a night out it is and especially a walleye for an ECHL which I believe is not even the next step or two steps even to the 
to the actual uh, NHL. It's it's it, it's, it dub- it's basically it's basically double A ball. Like it's a they're, they're like double A for, uh, yeah, system for okay. hockey because we have an right. ECHL so team up in like, Glens Falls. Right. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Set your future in motion at Chicago State University with over 70 degree and certificate programs, ample scholarship opportunities, and vibrant campus life. Chicago State University is Chicago's number one most affordable public university with a diverse faculty, small class sizes, and almost 50 student organizations, including NCAA Division I athletics. At Chicago State, we provide you with the tools you need to succeed. Visit csu.edu slash admissions to learn how you can earn your freshman year tuition free. So it's not even like, oh, these guys are going to be, you know, playing for somebody else. I think that separation, kind of like what you said too, we don't really associate them with another team. It feels like ours, which is cool. And Toledo's kind of had a really good history. We used to have the Storm and the Gold Diggers back in uh, my dad's era and stuff. And he talks about, we've always kind of embraced hockey. So the wall, I kind of feel like, ours in a way where you said you know you can associate the dip with the devils you know the devils being no good so these guys aren't any good it's a mixture of that and then you also said you have a lot of large markets around you i mean detroit's about 45 minutes north of here but detroit hasn't had any success cleveland's about an hour and a half cleveland recently has had some success and some different things but before that wasn't overly successful town so it's kind of perfect swarm but it's, it's just a big enough town to have a lot of sports fans and it's not oversaturated with, you know, different big markets that you kind of feel inferior. And I really do more the walleye because I do think the mud hens get associated with the tigers. It's just so close. Uh, it's kind of hard not to. But the, the walleye feels very much. I mean, I went to a walleye playoff game. It was packed. They handed out the towels. It was loud in there. I'm like, this is playoff hockey by five minutes away. Like that, that was truly awesome. So I do think we've, we, we actually as a as a town have embraced the big difference though, is I've gone to like a Clippers game in Columbus and to kind of, I don't know which one of you guys brought it up. Cause I lost a little internet there for a second, but like a Clippers game is kind of boring because there's a sense of, we have the crew, we have the blue jackets, we have the Buckeyes who wants to go to a Clippers game. Like there's that kind of attitude in Columbus, not to mention Columbus is there's a lot of fun stuff to do in Columbus. So, like, I do think there's one of those that this is, like, ours. This is what we have. This is our sports. There's kind of an identity to that where Toledo's kind of cool in that way. Where Columbus, they feel that way, but a little elitist in the we feel that way about our top tier. We're not going to go. Why would we go to a Clippers game, you know? Even though a lot of times it's affordable, fun thing to do. So, there's definitely a difference. I think location and just kind of a lot of things go into how you kind of embrace a minor league team something like that yeah i think that's 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 prevailing attitude is that we we don't we don't have that specific attitude in albany because i think a big part of being part of being in the middle of a whole bunch of major metropolitan markets has something to do with that but i think the the only the only exception i know of the of of albany really embracing a team there's actually there's three exceptions there was the patroons back in the 80s when phil jackson coached here 
and you had uh, feature stars and Mario Ellie playing for the team, uh, and George Carl. He also coached. He also coached for the Patroons. The Albany Firebirds, which was their first arena football team that was here, they were successful for a very long time, for 10 seasons, and unfortunately they got sold to Indianapolis. And the Tri-City Valley Cats, their stadium's on a college campus, uh, Hudson Valley Community College campus, which is in Troy. Troy has a lot of history with baseball, too. Fun fact, the Troy Trojans, which were back in the 1800s, they are now the San Francisco Giants. Uh, there's a long history of that. It's it's pretty fascinating history. I think our connection to baseball because baseball was the the inventor, the inventor of baseball was born in this area. It was born in Boston Spa. He the the, the double double day house is actually right down the road, and now it's a tap room for a local brewery. <laughs> fun, <laughs> fact. Wow. fun fact. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So I think I think what needs to, there definitely needs to be an attitude change here in Albany that and that we need to. We definitely need to embrace our teams, make especially our minor pro teams, make them ours. Uh, I know with, we've got arena football coming back to the to Albany area, not exactly the arena football league, um, but it's a different league. It's the National Arena League, but still, the Empire name remained. Empire name remains. We've got we've got arena football coming back to the area, and they were a successful team in the last two seasons. Uh, Guys would know because he was actually one of the one of the uh, MCs during the, helping people throw hot dogs and T-shirts in the crowd. And we were both there the last night of the basically the last arena football game ever. It was such a fun atmosphere. Crowd was loud. They won the championship. It was a it was a fun atmosphere. I'm hoping we get back to that. But yeah, I, I think again I'm going to repeat myself here. But I think there's 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 bound to be some sort of attitude change hopefully soon. Uh, especially after the pandemic we just had, where we had no sports for literally, we've had no, we had no sport for literally a year. <laughs> no, I shouldn't well, come right. back. Yeah, you know. But speaking of that, Ryan, and I think this is where Albany is interesting. And it's it's why I'm happy we have JD too, because like this is a good comparison between what goes on in cities to cities. Yeah, Columbus has had success for decades with Ohio State. The Columbus Crew, like people know who they are, like. The reason we know some of these teams, even in upstate New York, is because they win. Like I'll just list off three cities here real quick, right? Source, Connecticut, Spokane, Washington, Green Bay, Wisconsin, South Bend, Indiana. I think you guys see the points I'm doing here. Like Sioux Falls, South Luke, Dakota, yeah. Bismarck. UConn, Gonzaga, Notre Dame, Green Bay Packers. Exactly. So what it is is like, look, those cities we just talked about are not bigger than Toledo or Albany. Mm-hmm. But what happened is yeah. those cities – became for lack of a better term here dynasties hey we know stores connecticut because of yukon basketball we know spokane washington because of gonzaga basketball north dakota and john State. stockton in his short shorts right <laughs> like on green bay because of the packers what's happened is these teams even though they're in smaller markets they developed this following and i'll talk about my hometown like i love syracuse that's where i grew up but I'm very aware that most people do not cannot find Syracuse on a map. But when you hear Syracuse, you think about the Orange. You think about Jim Beheim. You think about Donovan McNabb and Jim Brown and Larry Zonka and Floyd Little. Like the university itself became popular. Come on, if you want. They became popular because of the success of the sports teams. Now, if Albany, the Great Danes, whether it be basketball or football, the FCS level or basketball, whether it's Siena becomes the next Gonzaga, the Northeast. And Union College is in this mix because Union College won a national championship in hockey not too long ago, less than 10 years ago. 2014. 
Right now, if like Union was and RPI can be in the same boat, if these guys are always good, that's what can make a city. And I know that sounds very like a fair weather fan answer, like, oh, if you're always good, we'll care. I don't know if I can swear on the podcast, but no duh. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, it goes back to what me and JD said about high school. Right. So, like, if you're winning constantly, right. that's how people will. And Albany, I think, will become a better sports, sports fan. You know? Yes, yeah. yes. Win- winning is the goal. Winning is the goal. Yes. Yeah, winning is everything. Yeah, you, know, you got to a winner. I'm, I'm hoping that that happens with the uh, lacrosse, the major league lacrosse team too, because we got we just got a uh, not major league lacrosse, national lacrosse league. We got a box uh, lacrosse team uh, award to our city. Not well, they relocated from from Mohegan, Connecticut, to here. But yeah, I mean. JD, JD, I mean, I I see you, I saw you shaking your head and agreeing with Gaz. Yeah, but I mean, is, is winning a, well, is is winning translate into bigger crowds or more consistent crowds, or is it just the love? Of, is it also the love of the sport too? Oh, I mean, I there's definitely both of those factor into it. But yeah, I mean, the fact that Green Bay, Wisconsin, like you say, Green Bay in the Packers, like that is it. I don't think that. I mean, the NFL helps just being in the NFL, but having success like that, like, like you said, Spokane, I don't think I knew what Spokane was until Gonzaga started making basketball runs, you know? So I, it is to the success. I also wanted to ask, cause I don't know a ton about Albany. It seems like they're, you just said they're putting in the, the, the uh, lacrosse league and things like that. It seems like there are a lot of minor league sports. So you think people bringing those in, like see the potential there? Like it, it, it seems like kind of the right market for that level. It, but it is. You're saying, I, I guess, I, why would Mikey bring himself in? They, they, I get, they have to see some potential it, there, it, right? It is, and because of the because of the success of the of the U Albany lacrosse program, uh, they went to the lacrosse okay. final four, I think, in 2017 or 2016. It's not too far back, but the sport has grown in the area uh, since the first time right. the National Lacrosse League was in town from 2000 to 2003. The sport has grown by leaps and bounds. You got more high school players. You got more college players. They've been a lot of names who have been drafted by lacrosse teams, by pro lacrosse teams. We had the Thompson, the Thompson brothers. Uh, we played at UAlbany. They went to the national championship uh, a couple of years ago. They're playing down in Georgia now, which I'm kind of jealous of because one of my friends lives in that area and gets to go to swarm games all the time. But yeah, lacrosse, I think lacrosse could work because of the popularity, the growth that it's seen, uh, especially again with UAlbany going to uh, going to the the, the uh, playoffs in the in uh, the tournament for lacrosse and going to a, a national right. title final four. Uh, so I think box lacrosse could could work and. You know, there's a lot of growth in this the potential for growth in this area to grow more the grow the sport more is huge if, especially if they especially true if they can form some relationships with some of the native tribes that are out and about in Hamilton and uh, a little bit more north because lacrosse is a native sport it's a native american sport but you it know can what, be to, huge yeah to go to JD's point though i think another way to view what you just asked was that okay it's so much like Albany is a test market or you're focusing on niche sports because like that's the wild part about this market, too, is that yeah. you could argue that the most popular thing that people know Albany about is horse racing because of yeah. Saratoga Racetrack. Because mm-hmm. after like Churchill Downs where the Kentucky Derby is and the Belmont and the Preakness, like those monster triple crown areas, you could make an argument that Saratoga Racecourse for the horses is somewhere in like the top four in the country. Yeah, the Whitney is the Whitney, the Travers, excuse me, the Travers. Yeah, is huge. It's like the unofficial fourth leg of that Triple Crown. So it's like okay, we're good at horse racing, uh, lacrosse, and indoor football. 
We own the niches. But like if you're a business and you're really good at making rubber bands or you're really good at making, I don't know, like Birkenstocks popped in my head. I think I saw one of my wife's over here. <laughs> like if you're good at like making like the most bizarre like product, but you're the best at it, that's fine. Like you can make a ton of money being a super niche product and make a ton of money. But that's what you like Albany has become like if you're not into those three things I just said, you may never get fans that you want. But if you're the best at those, like Ryan's getting right. at, like if you're the best lacrosse area in the country, okay, like you're going to get the athletes and start winning some games. Well, and to your point too um, about the success and the, kind of those small, small towns, like Cleveland for a while is the lovable losers, but like they can get, you know, notorious on that because it's Cleveland. Like you know, Cleveland. South Bend, Indiana doesn't have the luxury to be, oh, we're known for being the bad team. Because if you're a bad team from South Bend and you're not Notre Dame, no one cares. You know what I mean? It's not even like a funny, like, you know, you kind of have that luxury. And it's funny because you say what Albany, you know, kind of known for. I first heard of Albany, and it goes to your point again, the success was when they made the tournament with the Great Danes. Uh, they, I believe they made an NCAA tournament at one yeah. point. The Midwest football like, oh, basketball tournaments, yeah. Funny, yep. right, that, that's a funny kind of nickname. That, that That's how I know them. But, like, I, that never would have came across the kid from Ohio's radar unless they were good enough, you know, to win their conference and be in the tournament. So these smaller towns, it, it, it kind of stinks in some ways. It's also why we love sports. It, the success is kind of driver. And if not just the success, um, I do think – like having a, the fan base behind you, you know what I mean? Like Notre Dame is probably one of the biggest fan bases and, and that comes from South Bend, but they, they don't live in South Bend, you know, they're, they're from everywhere, but the brand and all that is be able to build, you can kind of catch fire and then you got to kind of take off with the brand and, and that's how you get big, big. Gonzaga has turned into a brand. Fun fact about Spokane, they're the, they're, the, they're the only market smaller than Albany to win an arena bowl. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> so there my last question, my last question, uh, we'll, we'll wrap things up here. So we're slowly moving into a post-pandemic world, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> where stadiums and arenas are starting to finally open. And, J.D., I'm going to throw this to you first. Will sports fans start to come out to support their teams? Uh, whether they be in a major city or a minor or a minor pro city, or does some of that fear kind of still remain? Yeah, I mean, I, the, me personally, what I've seen, I think people are ready, at least enough people. The, the, there are enough who are ready to kind of go back and, and, and go into stadiums and stuff. Oh, I got to interrupt you and ask, what's the stadium capacity in Ohio right now? Right now, I believe, uh, like for Indians games and things like that, I, I want to say it's around 50%, but I'm not entirely sure. I know our governor, okay. DeWine, to come out and say he expects the shoe to be fully loaded in the fall. So that was like music to my ears. I got I got chipped out of my last year ticket, so I'm, I'm a little upset. I think I should get, <laughs> be able to retroactively get those, but that's a, that's a different thing. Um, yeah, I, I haven't been able to um, – I'm not entirely sure of what, what – each percentage is i don't think it's 100 yet um but i know that the seats that are were like available like the opening day it's not even just you know the when we went out for opening day it's not just the stadium was as full as i think capacity allowed it the downtown was buzzing like i haven't seen like i do think people are they're ready you know um and the ones who aren't that's perfectly fine uh but the ones who are and i think it's a lot of them 
Like, if the shoe is open and ready to go in the fall, it'll be full. Like, I do think there might be some hesitancy or hesitation, but um, I think for the most part, like, people are ready. And even if there is some hesitation, I think that'll start to go away. And that'll start to go away with, you know, normalizing different things. I know our our mass thing uh, just came, uh, DeWine took our thing, like, stuff like that, you know, so... The more and more life gets back to normal, the sports will just kind of follow, I think. I do think people people are ready to pack some stadiums, and, and you're even seeing it in the, the NBA games and the NHL games right now. What What is allowed is being built. Yeah, I know I know. it depends on the state. Uh, I know Nashville, I think they had full capacity, if I'm not mistaken, for the Predators cool. games. Uh, Carolina had 12,000 for their first two games, so that gives me a little bit of hope. Uh, Gaz, same question over to you. I know New York State, we just went over, to, we went to, I think, 33% capacity. Uh, I know for our city, the the Empire will start play on Saturday. Uh, so I see people in the crowds at Yankee Stadium and uh, City Field. Do you see that? Do you think uh, people are get, getting ready to support their fan, their teams again, or do you think there's still kind of there's a little bit of fear involved or yeah. hesitancy? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting question because we almost have to go back to school. Remember when we were in school and we had those all like circle graphs where we had like one topic was on the left, one topic was on the right, and there was that middle in between both the circles that like that percentage of people was there too. And I bring that up because on the far Venn left diagram. you have yes, there it is. Yeah, yeah, Venn diagram. Yeah, so. I believe that this is maybe I still differently about, but there's always going to be a group of people that no matter what, they're the diehards. They're going to the games, they're season ticket holders. They love their team. And that's one side of that circle. Like you're, those people are not ever going to do If you have a favorite team and you're a season ticket holder, the pandemic's over. You can have that percentage of people. Then you have another percentage of people that it didn't matter. The pandemic, they're not going to the games anyways, whatever it might be in my finances, lifestyle, they might just watch it a different way than actually attending the sport in person. Like those two things are not going to move. I'm the most fascinated by the middle that (laughs) there are people that have gone to games in the past. And like you said, Ryan, like they might have a second thought of maybe I can catch this one on my phone. Maybe I can catch this one online. Maybe I can catch it on YouTube. Exactly right. So this is the comparison I used to use and I think it's going to happen it's it's going to be a while. Like we're not going to see it. Like the, the first few months, people are just going to be so happy. Sports are back; they're going to go back. This is going to be like a long term thing. And what I mean is that, uh, you know, like a TV show. And this just happened. Actually, I'll, I'll say the show. There's a show on Fox called Prodigal Son, right? And like I was a huge fan of the show. I thought it was a really good show. And for season two, they took like two and a half months off. So if you have a favorite show and all of a sudden it's two and a half months off, just book it being canceled. Because what happens is when you have a break, and this happens for every medium, whether it's a television show, a radio show, if the host is in there for two months, a newspaper column, like any YouTube shows, podcasts, never take a podcast off. Like if you stop for a while, people will find other stuff to do. Like they'll just, they'll just find something else. Like, hey, I used to go to that, but I don't go to that anymore. It, yeah. it, it's just what life is. People don't want to admit that, but they just find something else yeah. to do. And, and, and they'll always have a reason, whether it be, as you said, guys, lifestyle changes, budget, ch- budgetary changes, loss of interest, team's not successful anymore. I don't like uh, I don't like driving down to – I like the park to pay for parking. That Yeah, yeah, I, so, I, I, I get yeah, your point. I totally get you. It's not going to be the first couple of games, but it's going to be like – a season from now where it's like, yo, we used to get a hundred percent, but now it's like 90. Yeah. You know, we used to get 75%. Now it's 50. 
And people aren't going to think that's a big deal because it's just sports. People are just happy it's back. I'm fascinated by the Gen Zers. Like, like JD, I'll go back to him. Like, I'm fascinated by his age group. Yeah. Because technology's advanced so much. Right. Where to tell somebody for a sport that, like, hey, I got a really cool concept. We're going to have you guys freeze and like be chilled. And it's going to be an awful viewing experience. Or you can watch it from your house. Can I take B? It's almost like the movies. Like a movie is a great example yeah. of this. Like I think younger people are going to just be blown away by the concept of a movie theater. They're going to be like, hang on a second. So you're telling me I can either go on HBO Max and order the movie and have popcorn and maybe a few beers and just chill and watch it whenever I want to watch it. Or I can go in a dark theater with strangers and then if they're talking, <laughs> they can ruin the movie for me. <laughs> I there's, also, there's, also, there's also the sticky floor factor, too. Right. Like it, <laughs> it, it, it's bizarre to say this stuff out loud, but now that you've been given an option of to pick one of those two things, I don't know if it's going to be as easy as everyone's going to run back to the stands now that you've given us another option. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going back to the to my conversation last week with Evan Pivnik and uh, uh, Shadow's Plug. Last episode, go ahead and watch it on YouTube or listen to it on, on, on your podcast platform. But he, he mentioned that local sports, especially minor pro sports and co- local, like smaller college sports, like us at Albany, it's a, it, I kind of admit, we kind of miss it as a privilege to go to those games. And now that we haven't, we've been without for the better part of almost a year. Um, my hope, my biggest hope is that people do come out to watch the games. People do support their, their they'll they'll pay for a ticket, they'll buy some popcorn or hot dogs or a beer, they'll get a souvenir, so for their kids. I mean, up here, and I don't know how it is in, in your part of the world, your part of the nation, uh, JD, but for a fraction of the cost for to go to a to like a baseball game at Yankee Stadium or City Field, you can get all that stuff for up here at a Valley Cats game for a fraction of the cost. And here's a kicker is that this year we don't have – we're not affiliated with a Major League Baseball team. We're, the, the Valley Cats are going to be an independent. Now, whether or not that changes the script, it's still baseball on a Saturday – it's still baseball on a summer night. And there's – to me, that's, right. there's no better feeling than that during the summertime. Sitting at a baseball park, watching some baseball, just relaxing with your friends. We got to do it together, Ryan. Us three. We're going to a Toledo Mudhead game. JD's going to host go. us. Let's go. <laughs> I'll host. I'll host you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good time. Fifth, third field. World famous. Nice. Okay. So, do they have any like big food things over there? Like big food challenges? Like a lot of triple A ball, triple A ballparks sometimes do. I don't. I don't think they have. Um, no, I. I don't. Never heard of anything like a challenge or anything like that. Or like a, um, a signature, a signature they, they, thing, like a signature burger or a hot dog. Well, we're, we have Tony Paco's in Toledo, which is like I know it was on or like a, the show Mash and a couple of different things, and it's kind of like one of the things we're known for or whatever. But um, so they do a lot of like Tony Paco's chili sauce and all that is like sold in different places, and then they also like I know they do the like the hot dog races and things like that. Um, yep. Yeah, they definitely do a lot of like the hing- Hungarian style, like uh, hot dog stuff like that from Tony so Paco's it, it is a is a big one. Um, but it, it, it's awesome too. I, I love Tony Paco's. And they're, they're actually known for um, their pickles, weirdly enough. So a lot of pickle stuff. 
sweet hot pickles from Tony Paco's. When you, when you come down for the Monday game, we'll get some. Uh, you had me at Hungarian <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it was I, can, I can imagine. I, I can imagine like a, Paco, until the, man, you can't miss. I, I can imagine like an Attila the Hun type person, like just like, yeah, I get a hot dog right here, or I'll chop your head off or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. All right. Guys, this has been a great discussion. Uh, I really do appreciate you both jumping on. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here in just a second. But before I do that, I'm going to have you guys give out, do some uh, shimmas plugs here. So, JD, I'm going to start with you. Where can people find you on social media? Are you a, are you on any podcast besides this one? Tell the people where they can find you. Um, I have Twitter. That's JD underscore Davis 14. Um, you can find me there. I also have Instagram, JD Davis uh, 442 all together. Um, I'm not on a podcast. I'm working for a podcast, but not on the podcast. Um, we kind of discussed it a little bit, which is kind of funny, but, uh, uh, I'm on a Gonzaga basketball podcast called scores. I score. Um, and I do some yep. editing and, and, and social media for those. Uh, so yeah, go that that's, I'm pretty sure the Twitter handle and the, the Instagram is just all together. Scores, egg score. Um, if you, like, if you like Gonzaga basketball, if you just like basketball, I mean, it's, they're one of the top programs in the country. And, um, I, I, I commend our, our, uh, Andy who does it because anyone who can podcast by themselves, I think is impressive and, and he does a great job. So go ahead and check that out. All right, guys. Let's hear from you. Where can people find you? Obviously, you got your Twitter handle right there, but other stuff where they can find you, go ahead and promote your stuff. Yeah, uh, Getting There with Gaz, which is an interview-based podcast. A lot of media members who you might know nationally have joined to talk about their career journeys, business owners, athletes, coaches, and more. So that's Getting There with Gaz. Gaz on the go, all the sports talk you need in 30 minutes and less. And as Ryan knows well, and as I'm going to soon to recruit JD, and as I've already followed him on Twitter, Godzilla Media, the platform continues. It is a multimedia-based platform. We've now expanded to nine podcasts, uh, ten hosts. Including this podcasts. one. That's Including right. This one. <laughs> Seven sponsors. So if you are somebody who's looking to advance hey. their media career. Oh, no. Don't worry, JD. I already, I already followed you on Twitter. I will start recruiting you. For real. Like <laughs> If you are a young uh podcast oh, host just oh, looking I for will, reps. I will happily be recruited. There you go. <laughs> I'll get the jersey sent to me. I'll get the name one and the of us. One of us. Perfect, dude. So there I, I you go. I only do it if I can set up hats and, and pick one up and, and make a thing. Yes. <laughs> I'll send a t-shirt to Toledo. I'll send it right now. So yeah, for real. Like if you're somebody who's looking to expand their brand, looking okay. to just have an, an opportunity, a platform to talk about something, Godzilla Media continues. We had launch week back in May. Uh, hoping to do another launch week later this summer. That's a little under wraps. And uh, Godzilla Media, man, excited to see where the future goes with all that. There's a little Ryan exclusive for you. Maybe another one coming later this year. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of No Credentials Required. Again, brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Uh, I want to thank, again, I want to thank uh, both Gaz and JD for being a part of this week's show. Uh, go ahead and again, just wanted to remind you to like, share, and subscribe on the YouTube side. Go ahead and find the, the, the show on YouTube Just and just hit subscribe. Hit the notification bell. You'll know when the next episode's coming up. On the audio side, subscribe anywhere you can find podcasts. Again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Spreaker, Podchaser. Anywhere you can find podcasts, a review would be really nice too. Also, drop the social media for the show, Twitter and Instagram 
at BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR, and again, YouTube, no credentials required. Again, I want to thank Gaz and JD for being a part of the show this week. And until next time, hashtag local sports matter. Local sports matter. You can see that in the board right there. Hashtag local sports matter. Thanks for joining me. Represent the mighty 518. Until next time. Music courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.